welcome to Trigger to Life. We have Meg Brackett with us today. She is a creative guide and marketing coach. She works with wellness leaders and small businesses to work her marketing magic. So welcome, Meg. I'm so happy to finally have you on. This has been a long time coming. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. This is my first ever podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking your podcast virginity. This is great. Yes, I'm so excited. So excited. Well, I always like to start out the podcast with the question, what is most alive for you right now? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think the thing that's most alive right now for me is the idea of trust and just Mm. really letting that support all of my life's decisions right now and things that are coming into my circle and sphere and just really leaning into trust. Mm. Well, for those of you all that don't know, Meg and I use a manifestation practice called to be magnetic. And we have a little group that we meet up with, um, every other week. And so you saying that reminded me of the idea of how important trust is when it comes to manifestation and calling in the things you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is, what are you, what are you currently manifesting? (laughs) um I or I I should say what do you want to tell the audience that you're currently (laughs) oh man well I've spent the last year actually like probably manifesting this moment I I took a minute this morning and I was like don't forget to just be really grateful for even doing like a podcast today it was something Mm -hmm. that this, around this time last year, I was really trying to put all the puzzle pieces together to leave my corporate job um, and work with people like you and anyone in the wellness world for their marketing. And, um, you know, to have it kind of come full circle within a year is really remarkable and amazing. And um, there were definitely, you know, there's definitely times that you just don't know how it's going to work. And it seems to always work in a way that is even better than I could have, you know, written down in my journal. So Mm. I'm trying to just let that support me. Yeah. It's kind of fun to use your past experiences as a reminder of why you should trust, because I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago too. It's like looking at your journal and looking at everything that you've written down, like that you've wanted to bring into your life in the past five years, like you've Mm -hmm. made that happen, which Mm -hmm. is super cool. And it's so important to celebrate the, the wins, right? Like, I think we forget to like sit into the, oh my gosh, like, look at what I created. Like, this is freaking awesome. Like reminding yourself that you did that. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I am. I've been working on celebrating little, big, whatever, the medium stuff in between. Um, Because I think, too, our culture is so forward-thinking, and Mm. there's not a negative thing to think about the future. But I've found the future is, like, even better when you're just appreciating what is now, what you already have. Mm. Um, 
and not in like a, I have to accept this sort of way, but just like, wow, look how amazing these things mm. are sort of way. Yeah. And even like things that aren't as amazing that happen, give you perspective for when the really exciting, like things that feel good happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all important because it gives us a, a, a perspective. Yes. Yes. It's, it's important and it's all shifting. And there's even like this idea of there is no good and bad. Mm. It's just things that are happening to you, around you. Um, and it's not really up to my human brain to determine if it's good or bad. It just mm. kind of is in the moment. So, yeah, that reminds me of the idea in manifestation that you don't need to know how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just have to put the desire out there. Mm-hmm. And if the desire is alive within you, there's part of you that already has that, that thing is already like in your sphere. Right. And yes. so it's, yeah, I love that idea because the rational mind wants to be like, mm, but I don't know how I could leave my corporate job and start my own business and then help other people hone and create their own businesses. Like the rational brain would say like, oh no, that's not stable. Oh no, that's, you know, excuse, excuse, excuse. But in reality, you just need the desire. You just, you need the desire. You need the trust Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And um, just the fact that it's coming in as an idea, like is important. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in her and her book about creativity and like just that seed of the idea is actually very, very important part of it. Um, yeah. 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 Trusting that it's your, it's in your mind to do for a reason. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So you have an extensive background in yoga and meditation. <laughs> and I feel like the foundation of your yoga and meditation practice has really contributed to you being able to trust going into business mm-hmm. for yourself. So what drew you to yoga and meditation in the first place? Yeah. Um, so I, I start, I, my very first yoga class, I was 18. It was at the UVA community center gym. I went with my mom and my sister and um, I kind of kept going to like gym yoga for mm-hmm. the next five, six years out of through college and then after college. Um, and then living in DC, there's so many amazing studios in DC and all sorts of different type of teachers. And I was just so, um, so drawn to the movement and the stillness. Mm. And I'm like quite a Virgo. And I just felt like it was a very efficient way to like spend an hour. You're going to get to move, you'll sweat, you're going to get your heart rate up, but you'll also get presence and then a nice long Shavasana at the end. Mm. And um, it just felt really supportive every single class that I went to. Mm. Um, And it wasn't like a, you know, I went the first time and fell in love sort of thing. It was kind of a slow build and it's always been a foundation piece of my, my wellness, my, my practice looks very different than it did in my twenties when I could, you know, do hour and a half classes every day and feel great the next day. And now it's definitely a little slower and a lot more meditation and 
it's a lot slower of a pace, but mm. I still find an asana practice to be a beautiful way to spend time. Mm. So in your business, how do you infuse meditation? So your business is called the yoga brain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you infuse yogic principle and meditation into your business? Yeah. So the first thing I do with my clients is look at um, where they are burning out and working mm -hmm. maybe too much on certain projects. We look through their calendar and pick a day where they can just have a supportive day for their business. So they might mm -hmm. not be able to take a day off, but they can at least maybe move some meetings around and have a, an entire day to just work on things for their business and self-care practices for my clients too. Mm. Um, that's a big piece. I think that a lot of people could benefit from. Um, and I also, I was, I was on a meeting last week with a client, a wonderful yoga teacher in DC, and I could just, feel that she was stressed out. You know, she was mm. just listing off her things that she had done that day and was, were preparing for a big launch of her website. She's got a big speaking thing. Like she's in the messy middle for sure. Yeah. And, um, I said, I was like, have you, have you meditated today? <laughs> have you done anything for yourself yet? Cause it's like 1030. <laughs> she's like, no, but I'm going to Pilates after this. And I was like, okay, we're just going to close our eyes for one minute. And yeah. I'm not going to guide you. You know what to do. Like, let's just ground and center. So mm. even within my meetings, I try to just recognize the energy, even through a screen yeah. to say what, what could be supportive for my clients. Um, because if you're running a business, like your wellness is very important to the success of your business. How well yeah. you take care of yourself and your brain really matters for how you're going to show up. Totally. Your clients, your creativity, with your mindset and attitude. It's not It's not something you can put on the back burner forever. Yeah. It's interesting how when we think of marketing, we don't necessarily think of like people having blocks to being seen, like the emotional mm -hmm. aspects of marketing. It's like, okay, you can mm -hmm. have this small business and like you think you know how you want to market it and yet as you begin to put yourself out there, I think especially as like a solo entrepreneur, you forget that like, if you're afraid to be seen, you're that's going to reflect in your marketing and how people interact with your content is, mm -hmm. it's going to affect that. And that's not something that I really ever took into consideration um, until I started working with you. Because for those of you who don't know, Meg has designed my beautiful website and helped me with a lot of email marketing over the past couple, couple of years. And yeah, it's, it's so much more, I think with, with marketing, we need so much more than someone who can help us, you know, with our vision. We also need that emotional support that comes with, um, showing up in your marketing hundred percent. Yes, it, it is. It's the piece for me that helped me market myself the most when I started mm -hmm. really looking at like, why is it so hard for me to send out an email? <laughs> why yeah. is it so hard for me to post on Instagram? Like this isn't because I don't know what to do or I don't yeah. have something to say. Like this is a layer deeper. And um, yeah, when you start to look at things like imposter syndrome, you start to look at things at um, 
just being seen and what did that mean you know you can get really deep with it and say well what yeah. did it mean to be seen and loud and expressive when i was a child was that mm. safe was that yeah. okay for me to do did i live in a household where they encouraged energy and expression or was mm. that not how i grew up or how you grew up yeah. so you, you can start to really unpack how you show up in your business i said this the other day i'm like entrepreneurship is one of the most underrated self-help oh. <laughs> tools out there you grow oh, the 100%. amount of growth that you can do by having to run something yourself is yeah. like you don't need to go to india for a retreat like just start a business and it'll all come out <laughs> oh my god a hundred percent that is it forces you to do so much more I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what it's like working in a corporate setting, but I do know what it's like to run a my own personal business. And it's like, sometimes like it gets to a point where you're like, okay, like I can continue being a masochist in my business or I can learn how to like work through things and see things so that it's not so painful every day. And mm-hmm. once you move through those, I mean, there's just, it's never ending. And at the same time, there's just a more effective way of managing it than, you know, uh, feeling low self-worth all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to know like the self-worth is not, it's not personal. Like it's not mm-hmm. like you're the only one that's ever felt nervous about doing something like this. Um, and yeah, I think the more you can relate to other people that have been in your shoes and the more expanders you have, it just really all can can make a make a really big difference in how you run yeah. and the success of your business. Absolutely. Um, so on Trigger to Life, we like to talk about those pivotal moments that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe we have several pivotal moments that mm-hmm. dictate shifts and changes in our life. But if you were to think of one moment that catalyzed you or has made a significant mark on you, um, what is that for you? Well, there are two (laughs) and I have to have two. Um, and they're both around life and death. So the Mm. first one would be the birth of my son, who's now six years old. Um, and just, working through early motherhood, um, working through what do I want my career to look like? What Mm -hmm. do I want to spend my time away from my son doing was a big question that I asked myself. Mm -hmm. I said, if I'm going to not be with him, what I'm doing better be extremely rewarding and fulfilling and all of those things. Um, so definitely having him and having, having a male child too was, was interesting for me. I have three sisters and, um, it, it kind of, I wanted to model motherhood in a way that felt, um, less traditional for him. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a, a career mom. I wanted to be someone who left on Saturdays and went to yoga and did not feel a lot of shame and guilt around it. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on that every week, but it is, it is a goal of mine to just model how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that would be the, the big one. 
And then um, my oldest sister, um, four years ago, died from cancer. She had liver mm. cancer. Um, and seeing her, watching watching that unfold, and um, she has four children, um, and wow. just seeing the effects on what that what that that did to them. And honestly, just seeing like, she was 41 years old. She was not a big drinker, relatively healthy lifestyle, you know, wasn't overweight, nothing visibly that you yeah. could ever see was wrong. Um, and just happened to get diagnosed with liver cancer. And so when you experience these big traumatic events, mm -hmm. and events that are very final, like a death is final. Like yeah. she died. There are some days that I still can't believe it, but it's a very final thing that no matter how I replay my entire life, that, that will never change. Mm. Um, and just knowing that, uh, yeah, this all, this all ends, you know, I mean, this, this all is going to end. We never know when that's going to be. So it's kind of like YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> you might as yeah. well just live your life. And how, how much older is she than you? She's 10 years older than me. So she, um, she's my half sister. I have two half sisters who are older and we grew up, you know, really close together yeah. living in the same town. Um, we share the same dad and, uh, and her name is Melody and she was quite a role model for me in terms of motherhood as well. Mm. She was we, I mean, everyone compares like how they mother to how Melody mothered because yeah. she had this like strong presence um, that was disciplined, but so loving. She just loved mm -hmm. being a mom. She could not get enough. When I went to visit her in hospice, she just wanted to talk about like Milo potty training and how he was doing oh. at school. Like she just, her whole life was just this caregiver role. Um and she did it so naturally and so calmly. And she just was quite, quite the person, quite a person for, mm. for real. <laughs> Do you ever see little like signs like from the other side in this realm? Yeah. Every day. So when Melody was sick, she had given everyone, this is a very like public thing that butterflies were kind of going to be her sign mm. and it was never said like if I die butterflies were going to be my sign they were just yeah. kind of a sign she used for hope um which is that's my other sister's name is hope um oh. hope melody and grace and I got Megan um <laughs> that's pretty names. Uh, I know they're beautiful they have beautiful names I mean I, I like Megan too but um she so butterfly is her symbol and it can be like the dead of winter and I'll walk into, you know, the hair salon and there's like a butterfly graphic on the wall. We'll be in the car and a song will come on and it'll say the word butterfly. And mm. it has been every, every single day since she has died, I have seen a sign of a butterfly. Mm. So there's, there's pieces where it feels like our connection is even stronger because we didn't yeah. live in the same town when she died. And it's been a while since we've lived um, in the same state even together. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember even going to my first um, 
yoga class after she died and being like, okay, like she can see what I did. Like she can see what this whole thing yeah. is now. Like she gets to be with me and experience mm. um, life with me a little closer. <laughs> mm. Such a beautiful perspective to hold. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think her, the loss of your sister has impacted you like making the decision to leave your old job and start your new, it's not new anymore, but it was new. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, there are a lot of, um, a lot of reasons why I wanted to do this, but again, you know, just seeing that you have this one shot that we know of, I mean, I believe in reincarnation, but I don't remember a lot of my past life. So I really want to make this one (laughs) pretty solid. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I just think that when you see someone die relatively young, um, it's a big catalyst to just go after, yeah. go after the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really gives you that like, well, like you said, YOLO, might as well just. Yeah go for it. If it fails, I can go back to what I was doing before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's a thing too, is like worst case scenario, I just get another job. Like that's not that big of a deal. I know. Really. I know. And yet people get so hung up on it. It's like, because it has oh, really, I, was months. Yeah. I mean, it's so much mindset work for me yeah. to feel safe doing this. Totally. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not about, it's like, all the emotions behind leaving and all the emotions behind like embarking in something new, it's less mm-hmm. to do with the thing and more to do with, you know, all the things underneath of it. Yeah. The, the ego work, the identity of stepping into a new, a new role. Um, it's all, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting mindset piece when you, mm. when you do anything new, you know, yeah. and I watch like, my son who's been, he's been playing violin and, um, you know, it's, it's a tough instrument to play and he really struggled at the beginning. I mean, it's still a hard instrument. I don't know that it ever gets better. Yeah. um, It's new, you know, and kids are like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm terrible. This is really hard, but they just keep doing it. And we lose, we lose that somewhere along Mm our paths to adulthood. And I, I wish that adults would just experiment a little more, be a little more willing to yeah. fail, be a little more okay. creative with their lives and problem solving. Totally. Like, why do we have to be so freaking boring once we become adults? We don't have to. Like, it's like, we didn't sign up to like, okay, life is now over. We can try no yeah. new things. No yeah. more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, um, uh, you can just have such a more full life. Yeah. You just think a little bit more, and it's not even the risks, it's more like failure is just, like I have this on my bulletin board, failure is required. Like it's not Mm. if you're doing something wrong, it's not if it wasn't supposed to meant to be, but failure in this life is required. Totally. I mean, without failure, there's no perspective and perspective is everything. Like, that's mm-hmm. how we make sense of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, moving to like quality of life things, right? Like you have made the decision to no longer consume alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how that has one affected your life. And also, was it like something that you started thinking about more like when your liver, I mean, when your sister, you know, Mm -hmm. passed away from liver cancer? Yeah. Yep. It was. Yes. You. you They never made those connections. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it was. It was um, my relationship with alcohol has been mostly to fit in. I would say in college and in high school, it was what everyone else was doing. Yeah. There's not a lot of introspection. There's not a lot of reflection happening in your twenties or or for me, there was very little. And um, it's like, oh, well, everyone else is doing it this way. This must be what life's about. You know, you go to college, party, whatever. And um, the more I got into yoga, it's harder to not, not totally undoable, but it's a lot harder to disassociate from your body. So I started to make like slower. I used to be a very big smoker. I ate a lot of processed foods. I I just can't imagine you smoking. I know. I know. (laughs) I did though. I mean, like I was a for real smoker. I wasn't just like a, I smoke when I drink, like I smoke cigarettes and um, it's very even weird to admit that (laughs) out loud. Um, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to have a cigarette after you're doing a yoga class. It's hard to walk into a yoga class if you smell like smoke. Um, totally. And, and I'm that, sure people just would look at you like, I don't want to learn from you. Yes, yes, yes. Teach me I, I breathing practices. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So I, I did quit smoking before I started teaching, but okay. I was for sure practicing. Um, and so... I just started to re-examine every piece of my life, I would say, Mm. and from structures to just these habits that seem normal in culture, um, like drinking. And uh, I had started a really um, structured meditation practice in my mornings, Mm. and it's really hard to meditate if you're a little hungover. Um, And with a child, like there's no, you don't sleep it off. Like you're up at seven, 6am, regardless of what your night looks like. And, um, you just kind of have to get it together a little bit. And it was all kind of around when my sister died, I was trying to build the business. I had a very young child and I'm like, well, something's got to give something's got to give here. And, um, I didn't necessarily want it to be sleep. (laughs) So I, uh, I chose to quit drinking and I had had like, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't ever classify myself as an addict for, yeah. for alcohol. Um, but it was very hard for me to just have one drink. Like I yeah. don't know that I can recall many evenings where I would be okay with one glass of wine yeah. um, or one beer or whatever. Um, I always kind of wanted more yeah. and that became, that became a problem. Um, just within my body. I just didn't Mm. feel good. It feels supportive. And when you're doing things like changing your diet and changing your all sorts of wellness things, you just become more sensitive to to drugs. Yeah. Um, 
so that was probably around the time the business started about four years ago. And then it was off and on the pandemic was, was also a little bit like, well, the world's ending. I'm going to have a glass of red wine <laughs> to watch, watch how this story unfolds. Um, but it began, just became something that was too, just got a little bit too much. And I just didn't like, it. I just didn't like it. It wasn't, yeah. there was no big rock bottom. There was no big thing totally. that happened for me, but it was a slow, I make kind of slow change. I need like, yeah. A well, I think it's so important to have, um, advocates for different things that don't necessarily meet the criteria of what people identify or like see as like an addict. It's like, you don't have to, you can give up alcohol just because you don't like the taste or you can give up alcohol because it doesn't improve the quality of your life in any way. It doesn't have to be this big, like uh, I was drinking, you know, three drinks a night every night or five drinks a night, whatever it is, because I think, um, not enough expanders or associations with people that just quit something because it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we have enough examples of that. So yeah. thanks for sharing that because I really wanted to make sure to show people that there's all sorts of reasons to make changes in your life and yes. it doesn't have to be like, you know, I mean, obviously it's improved the quality of your life in so many ways. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true for you, but, um, all of my friends who have given up alcohol, because I think in the wellness community, you just end up having like a ton of friends who are sober. Um, it's like so fun to watch their lives just like completely explode and expand Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. very soon after giving up that Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, it totally lifts it lifts either a veil or a crutch or this like piece of you that you think is so vital mm-hmm. to living your life. And like one of my favorite sayings about alcohol is sobriety gives you what alcohol promises you. Mm. So alcohol Ooh. promises you this full, ama- you know, social, whatever life. Yeah. But the sobriety for me, at least in my experience, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily easier. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not this blissful, you're forced to look at things for sure a lot clearer. Yeah. But it just feels like a veil has been lifted and the decision to not balance alcohol. So I went back yeah. and forth on, well, I'll just have drinks on vacation or I'll do it on New Year's or my birthday. And just to be like, nope, I'm, there's none of that. I'm just not having, I'm just not drinking. Totally. That gives me a lot of freedom. Totally. Yeah. Because I don't think like people realize how much time, like if it's a, oh yeah, I have it once in every, once in a while. It's like, okay. You're like, okay, well today is it going to be that once in a while or is tomorrow going to be the once in a while or is like three days from now going to be the once once in a while. And you still have that mental gymnastics happening. That's like, it's so much, actually it's less stressful to give it up completely than it is to like be in the in-between of like, you know, I consider myself as someone who's sober curious and like, Mm -hmm. it can actually be more stressful to be sober curious than it is to be completely abstinent because I'm like, oh, well, should I have a drink today? Well, if I have a drink today, what I, am I still going to have a drink tomorrow? If I have two drinks, am I still considered sober curious? It's like, it's like a torture. I like torture myself going back and forth. And 
you know, like you, I would never consider myself someone who's addicted to something, but I am really curious what life is like without, when, when we like look at our relationship to our vices. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had all of those thoughts that you just laid out and it's, yeah. it, the decision fatigue is exhausting. And then you just end up drinking because you're so like over it. You totally. know, you're like, oh, I just need a glass of wine to relax from my worrying about the glass of wine. It's, it's, totally. it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then I have a, you know, I have a drink and then I'm like, oh my God, uh, my liver, my liver is going to be damaged. Oh, like, it's just like, a I, we, we can't do these liver cleanses and then uh, <laughs> have a bottle of wine anymore. It's just not uh, possible. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's, I think it is a slow process. It doesn't have to be a, a fast process. I mean, yeah. Um. so thank yeah, you. For it was about a three two two or three years of kind of on and off and I would always take like December off I was always like oh Christmas season so overwhelming like I just want to not drink from December 1st to December yep. 31st and I'll have a glass on New Year's and so I, I kept trying to like make alcohol work in my life mm. um and then it just got to a point where I was just like I just am over I'm just overthinking about it I just like need to move on <laughs> totally Totally. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know you when you were smoking cigarettes and, and, uh, you know, and binge drinking, but very few friends from those days, (laughs) (laughs) but you do, you do sparkle in all areas of your life now. So I imagine, you know, um, it's hard to compare, but your life looks, your life looks well managed now. And that's, and that's, uh, that's the important part, right? Yeah. It's, it's more, it's, um, I hesitate to even say anything in my life is managed, but it's more intentional. It's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm living a much more thoughtful life. Yeah. And I guess like, what, what is the goal? Like more well-managed or just that you're more present for everything that happens, yeah. whether or not it's good or bad, like you're just there and you're showing up. Yep. yep. Exactly. It's just the acceptance, acceptance and trust and, um, and you know, a lot of reflection around what's working, what's not working. Maybe this piece needs to be shifted. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think in, in marketing, you know, we have a lot of like our business and some, for some people like as a solopreneur or, you know, as a yoga teacher or whatever, you know, whatever it is, the people that you're working with. Um, I think of this idea of like owning your identity versus like letting others manage your identity. And like, as a marketer, you know, Hmm. content creator, brand, you know, visioner, (laughs) how, how do you, create the identity that you want for your brand? Like, how yeah. do you, does that make sense? Am I explaining? Right? Yeah. 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 Like w- what sort of identity work can you do? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it goes back to the reflection piece. I think so many people live their lives on autopilot and mm-hmm. not out of like an individual's, fault even it's just 
the way our culture is, it's like I said, it's very forward facing. There's not a lot of pausing. There's not a lot of reflection. Um, so I think the first piece would be to just um, pause and, and, and realize what, what pieces are me, what mm. pieces are society's conditioning, um, what pieces were from my parents and caregivers growing up. Um, so I think that first piece can last a lifetime, honestly, yeah. just unpacking what is really true to me, my beliefs and my nature and what yeah. has just been these scripts that I've been given. I mean, yeah. especially as a female, especially as a mother, there's so many, there's a very beautiful box of how this is supposed to look. Yeah. But no one's, no one's in that box. I mean, yeah. and when you realize it's not real and that it's not even okay to live outside the box, like literally everyone is living outside the box. Um, it, it just allows for more introspection and just true growth to figure out what, yeah. what type of identity is truly yours. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of struggle with this idea of, is the most aligned version of my identity what, you know, what people want to hear about or see about or learn about online. It's like, I have feel like I've gone through this personal shift within myself and my business. And it's like who I was two years ago is not who I am now. And so mm -hmm. learning how to like rewrite that and then re-reflect that online even if people don't even notice, like maybe people have no idea. Right. But it's just yeah. like that internal shift that happens with you and then is reflected through your content. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I really don't have the answer, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely, uh, like you said, a journey in self growth through your business identity. Yeah. I mean, and it's also a little bit of like, who cares? <laughs> like if, if it makes you feel more aligned and if it's truly something you want, I, I had this conversation with a client last Monday and, um, he was like, I really want to start sharing inspirational quotes, you know, on LinkedIn. Cause I'm, I'm starting this business. And I was like, okay, you know, then, then share them. And he kind of paused and he's like, what, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you were on board. And I'm like, yeah, of, co of course. And I was like, what's, what's the hesitation? Like, why, why would you even question that? He's like, well, I can feel sometimes that it just comes off a little fake and a little like inauthentic. And I'm like, well, then just don't do it unless you really like the quotes. Like, it's as simple as that sometimes is like pausing and saying, I want to do this thing, but I'm not yeah. doing this thing because of X. Well, what's going on here? Let's like sit through this a little bit. It's... And um, these little blocks, I mean, they show up daily with business owners where they just feel like they can't say something or share something out of a fear or rejection yeah. or no. embarrassed. <laughs> and with LinkedIn, it's so funny because like it is that kind of like, is this appropriate for LinkedIn? Like I remember even like sharing this podcast. I was like, should I share this on LinkedIn. Is that weird to share like this on That's LinkedIn? That's so interesting. It's your um, business. Of course you should. A hundred percent. And 
you know, LinkedIn is a certain set of programming that you represent yourself in a certain professional manner. And if you have a podcast that talks about manifestation or a podcast that talks about different things that aren't considered, you know, status quo, like, does that make you fringe and weird? And do people want to work with weird people? I don't know. Maybe it makes you want to work with me even more. Or maybe it makes you, it filters out the people that you don't want to be a you don't want to have in your sphere. They're not your aligned soulmate clients. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah I definitely have thought about like, oh, is that appropriate to post on LinkedIn? That's so, I never think about that. <laughs> I just am like, this is my business. You know, if I want to talk about astrology and tarot cards and how I work through manifestation in my business, like, it's worked so far. I mean, totally. You, you do end up, I mean, I would say like, I would challenge any business owner to do that even more, like to get really uncomfortable with what you think is appropriate. And like, who wrote those rules? There was totally. not, not a bunch of women. <laughs> a so, white male. <laughs> that's where I was going with it. <laughs> I mean, there's these rules and like, they they just keep you in boxes and I'm just so over, I'm just totally. so over that, that way of living. I am too. Um, what are you <laughs> most excited about in your business right now? Oh man, I have had like five people reach out to me in the past week for new websites, which is so fun and really exciting. Um, I'm working on a group program for for marketers um okay. or for business owners who want to learn marketing wait say that um, say that again yeah. I, couldn't hear, I couldn't hear that say for, that again for, for business owners um who want to learn more about marketing oh. um yeah so I'm excited for that I was I was thinking the summer might be kind of chill but it's turning out to be pretty energetic and okay um bringing lots of new exciting things into my mm -hmm. into my life so yeah you know it's kind of just like riding riding the wave right you think sometimes you're just gonna be surfing along and then all of a sudden you just get even more uh I don't actually know where I was going that analogy it's like <laughs> we can cut that part out but um <laughs> Where was I going with the wave analogy? I don't know, but I'm excited like for having your a bigger wave come yeah. through. Like yeah, you think it's you're like, on one wave, but then you kind of shift the waves. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's going to be like, it's kind of the idea that we don't, like, we have no control over, as a business owner, like, when things are, like, hot and when things are, like, chilling, right? It's yep. like, sometimes you have times to work on bigger projects. And sometimes you have a, such a big new client influx that you just have only time to manage your clients. It's just, yeah, it's interesting, but I guess, you know, the goal is that you have systems to manage all aspects at all times, but it, it is, is, but I would almost, I would almost like add to that, that the goal is not to keep it like a corporate, like your corporate job. Like these, this is not nine to five anymore. This is not Q1, Q2, yeah. whatever. Like all of that is just a fake structure that works for some people, but I mm -hmm. don't actually think it even works. It's more, if you look at nature 
And if you look at cycles and seasons and you look at how quickly the moon shifts from one sign to the next sign, the idea of consistency and structure is a human design. Mm. It's not real. Mm. <laughs> so the more I've been able to lean into this is just an up cycle or this is a, and what is up and down. I mean, you yeah. can really get like, what is all we of could, this? We can wax um, and wane all day about the moon. All day. I mean, because it really is the truth. I mean, yeah. for me, what I what yeah. I really believe is that this 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 idea of a consistent business or consistent day or consistent life is like boring. I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, hundred percent. So Meg also hosts these new moon ceremonies, and she does some live coaching in them as well. So yep. if you want to learn more about the moon, you can come to one of her new moon ceremonies. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I started doing these this year. It's something I had done kind of privately on my own, um, where every new moon kind of take an inventory of my, my life, my business, my wellness, whatever needs to be, um, looked at. And just use that energy of calling in new things and um, working with, with the moon cycle. So, yeah, we meet every new moon for about an hour in the middle of the day and meditate and journal and share. It's amazing. It's one of my yeah. favorite things, favorite things yeah. to do. It's great for people who need to be forced to journal. Yeah, which is most people. <laughs> is me. That's is me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's me too. It helps force me to like really show up and um, I'll do the, I'll prepare the journal prompts, but I don't do them until we're together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's a ceremony for you as well, right? Even though you're facilitating. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so who are your, last question, who are your current expanders? Ooh, I love that question. Um, so I talk nonstop about Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and um, the two of them and how they live their lives and their relationship and how their, you know, parents, they are very expansive to me. They're both also sober. Um, man, I have a lot of friends that are expanders mm. in my circle now. A lot of my clients are really expanders. I mean, mm. Cami, you were a very big expander for me this time last year. Thank you. Um, yeah, just um, those those would be that would probably be my my little circle. Mm. Lots of women. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I don't know what what thread this is, but I have. I feel like a lot of my friends are expanded by Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle. They are just, I was talking to somebody and I was like, you know, I think they're so successful because they just tell the truth. Mm. Like they just really tell the truth about these kind of shadow topics in our mm. society. Um, and I really appreciate it. I think that it makes people feel less alone. Um, I think that, you know, they, they just really have, they really show up to their lives in an intentional way. And it really shows yeah. with how they have their, their podcasts and then their nonprofit. Um, yeah, I, I, mm. I'm into it. I love it. Well, for those of you 
who do not know who those two ladies are, we will link everything in the show notes. And you can find Meg on Instagram at the yoga brain, as well as the yoga brain.com. Yep. And where else can we find you? That's kind of it. I try to keep it pretty simple for a, for a marketer. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Twitter. I, you know, I'm on Facebook a little bit. I know it's like very taboo, but I try to just kind of keep it simple and show up with quality and not quantity um, mm. in, in my life too. So yeah. I love that. Check me out. I'm on Instagram the most. And then obviously my website has all the info for the new moon circles if anyone wants to come. Perfect. Well, Meg, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge today. Yeah, it was so good to have so you on. And yeah. um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm going to hop on a call with you this afternoon. So excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And um, I really appreciate this opportunity to just chat. I feel like I could do this all day long with you. <laughs>